invite you to rise as you're able. That Easter morn at break of day, a faithful woman went her way. When Mary's heart was filled with gloom and she stood weeping near the tomb, a stranger spoke, she knew not whom. Alleluia. Why do you weep? His question came. Who is the body you would claim? And, and then, then at last, last he, spoke he spoke her name. Her name. Alleluia. Alleluia. No longer weeping, anguish bent, but with rejoicing, Mary went. By, By Christ, Christ as, as first apostle sent. Alleluia. Alleluia. May we join our voices with hers today. And, and sing, sing to, to our, our Lord, Lord all our days. days. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Oh, oh, oh. 
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The grace of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray, O God. You gave your only son to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. And by his glorious resurrection, you delivered us from the power of death and give us the gift of the forgiveness of sin. Give us eyes of faith to recognize him among us today, that we may live with him forever in the joy of the resurrection. Through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated and for our kids to come up at this time. Come on up. Cool, come on up, guys. All right. Okay, how are you? So this is a special, special Sunday. This is the Sunday of Sundays. This is Easter Sunday. And you know, if you look up there, can you see, what do you see up there? Actually, we kind of see the empty tomb because they buried Jesus after they, he was crucified. And on the third day, they came looking for him and he was gone. And some people believed and some people didn't. And they didn't quite know what was happening, what was going on. And so they needed some help to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And so I wanted to ask you just a quick question. Um, who helps you believe in Jesus, who has helped you or who helps you? Yeah, who, who helps? God does help us, doesn't he? Yeah, who else? Yes. Pastors. Pastors, wow, that's so cool, absolutely. Who else? Yes. Preachers. Yes, preachers do, all right, that's cool. I'm excited, I get to help you believe in Jesus. Who else, I wonder? Who help, other, what are other people? help you believe. Yeah, yeah. Baby Jesus helps us. Yes, he does. Jesus himself does. Were you going to say one too? Yeah? Our mom and dad can help us believe. Our mom and dads, absolutely. They, other people help us believe. You know, look out at all of those folks. You see those? They all help us believe in Jesus. That's right. What about grandparents maybe sometimes or an aunt or an uncle or um, how about a Sunday school teacher maybe too huh yeah absolutely so we need help believing and so I'm going to give I actually don't I think I might be running low so Ansel I'm gonna come back to you okay buddy all right I think we're gonna work I'm gonna give you each a pair of glasses here we go and one for you, there we go, and one for you, here we go, and one for you. You want one? No? That's okay. How about you? Very good. And here's one for you. What's that? Oh, she's already got one. Very cool. And Zoe? No, thank Okay, you've got your good glasses on anyway. Huh. Here's one. Here's one just for you. Let's have you put those on. Everybody put your glasses on now. That's cool. All right, cool. Hey, 
We can see the empty tomb, but we need eyes of faith. God gives us glasses, a lens to look through, and that's other people who help us believe in Jesus, who tell us the good news and help us believe. So what kind of glasses are these? Ah, but I'm talking about glasses that help you see the Son, Jesus, who's risen from the dead for you so that you'll know God loves you and won't ever, ever leave you. Okay, let's say a prayer. Thank you, God, for these lenses, for these glasses of faith. Thank you for giving us the gift of faith and a way to see and recognize Jesus, who has risen from the dead. And so bless these children, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Do you want, do you want one? Want one? You can take and it. If, okay, very good. Off if you, we go. If you want to go to Kids yeah. Word during the sermon, you're invited to come to the back, and there'll be somebody to meet you there. And Kids Word is happening if you want. Parents invited to keep their oh, kids yours. with them or yours if they want to go to home. Kids Word. Yep. Yours to take home. You can put those on your dresser and you can remember how God has helped you believe. The first reading is taken from Psalms 118. Give thanks to the Lord for the Lord is good. God's mercy endures forever. Let Israel now declare, God's mercy endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. Shouts of rejoicing and salvation echo in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord acts valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord acts valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord indeed punished me sorely, but did not hand me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. Here the righteous may enter. I give thanks to you, for you have answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from the book of Acts. Peter began to speak to the people. I truly understand that God shows no partiality but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him 
that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel is from John, the 20th chapter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and I don't know where they've laid him. Then Peter, the other disciple, set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter reached the tomb and he bent down to look in and he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth also that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place all by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first, he also went in and he saw and he believed. For as yet, though, they didn't understand the scripture that Jesus, that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood by the tomb weeping. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid them. And then when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Now, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have taken him and I will take him away. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned around and said to him in Hebrew, 
Rabboni? Which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, oh, don't hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and tell them, tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. Then Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and she said to them, I have seen the Lord. And she told them everything that Jesus had said to her. The gospel of the Lord. Christ is risen. Oh, to hear you say that. I, you don't know how powerful it is to hear you say it. I got to hear it again. Christ is risen. When I hear you say that, it helps me see the risen Jesus. It helps me to believe. I talked to a lot of people about this text this week. And as Mary wound up at the very end saying, I have seen the Lord, I started asking people, where do you see the risen Christ? I talked to Randy and Karen Fossum about that question as I brought them communion this week. If you don't know who Randy and Karen are, Rand, they're longtime members of this church. Randy, professional golfer, had a great career ahead of him, maybe even the PGA, got a brain tumor, and from the resulting surgeries, now is in a wheelchair and basically needs a Hoyer lift to get in and out of that chair and in and out of bed and can't make it to church anymore. I asked them about this question. And Karen, Randy's wife, said something really fascinating to me, or not just fascinating, but powerful, impactful. Um, she said, you know, as I listen to this, Pastor Bill, it seems like Jesus really wants to be seen. She wants to, be, he wants to be recognized. He wants to be recognized to Mary. And that's what Karen said, and that just really struck me. And, I, and the reason it struck me, because I believe in the, the bottom of my heart that Jesus wants each and every one of us to see him, to recognize the risen Savior. He wants us and all of the world and all of creation and every person of every kind to recognize him. So let's go with Mary and Peter and the other disciple who was much faster than Peter, I guess that's important, you know, men, <laughs> you know, competition. Let's go to the empty tomb. Let's go with them. They went, and it's interesting, we're told that Mary did not believe when she looked at the empty tomb. Um, Peter did not believe when he looked at the empty tomb, but the beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, maybe his love was so strong, I don't know, but he looked in the tomb and saw the grave clothes lying there, and he looked in and also believed. So one out of the three looked at the empty tomb and believed. As I look out at you this morning and I think about our gathering, it seems to me like we're a little bit like those three disciples. You know, we struggle to believe. 
You know, sometimes we're strong in our belief, sometimes we're not. You know, a lot of people, we come to the empty tomb, and the reason I say it seems like we're like those disciples going to the empty tomb is we've come here and we see lots of evidence, don't we, that Jesus is truly risen. The music, the singing, the choir, the readings, the kids, the beautiful azaleas, the beautiful flowers, a meal where we're told that Jesus, the risen Christ, comes to us, a parking lot full of cars, and then you think about all the Christians who are worshiping all over the world on this Sunday or other Sundays, every Sunday. Um, you think about all the people coming together. That's evidence. I mean, you go and you go, something happened. I mean, the, the disciples first went to the tomb and they go, we don't get it, we don't know, but something must have happened. Well, people come and they, they come to church and they look at the church and they go, man, what's going on with these people? They worship every Sunday. They give of their time and talents and treasures to build up the congregation and, and the congregations. And my goodness, when you put them all together in the whole wider church, they give millions and millions of dollars and probably billions of dollars to help the poor and, and, and go against injustice and, and work to help people in their lives, whether it's putting wells in Africa or, or in the inner city here, working with kids to help them have a better education. There's all kinds of things we're doing. In fact, if you just came to this church and looked at all the love and action of this congregation, you would look at it like you look at that empty tomb and you say, wow, I don't know if there's something inside of it, but man, there sure is a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence that something happened for these people. You think about all the disciples who gave up their lives, all the martyrs who faced death rather than forsake the Lord. You go, wow, I mean, I mean, that's an empty tomb. I mean, maybe there's something real to it. Maybe there's something really profound and really true that happened at the core. Or maybe it was just, maybe it was just made up. Two of the three disciples weren't sure. We need something else. And John tells us that. John, in fact, says, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise from the dead. I think this is the gospel of John's way of telling us that the empty tomb is not enough. I mean, the many evidences of Jesus' resurrection is not enough. There's the empty, the grave clothes sitting there, one, the face one lied up separately, like, like somebody got up and folded it up and set it aside. Not like you would have it if you, somebody robbed the grave. But, but, you know, so that's still not enough. We need something from the outside to come to us. We need God's word. We need scripture. Maybe scriptures like Psalm 1610, for you do not give me up to Sheol, nor your faithful, let your faithful one see the pit. Or Hosea 6-2, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up and we may live before him. Or even Jonah, 1.17. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly, how long? Three days and three nights. Or maybe the psalm that you heard this morning, Psalm 118, the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. 
Or maybe it's just the whole scripture story together. If you think about Israel, all the times it fell, it, it died. It fell into slavery or into exile because of their disobedience and their sin. All the way times that they messed up and then God would bring them out. God would never forsake them and he would bring them up and out of that and make them new. Or all the women whose wombs were barren were dead and God brought life from that womb. All those amazing stories. I don't know which scripture it might have been, but I think this is John's way of saying for us to believe we need the word. We need a message, news proclaimed to our ears that we hear. We need the scriptures to believe. Martin Luther, our namesake, said that that's what the Sabbath is for, is to let the word work on your heart and in your life. Don't neglect it because that's how God gives faith. That's how he helps you recognize Jesus is through the word. We all need long-term biblical therapy. And that message comes to our ears and says something pretty amazing. It says Jesus, his body wasn't stolen. He was raised from the dead. And at this point, I'd like to do a little excursus on how um, wonderful it is to be a Christian and how it makes your life much more meaningful and wonderful. And because I believe that, I actually believe it makes it more meaningful. It's more abundant. But actually, sometimes the Christian faith makes your life harder. Truthfully, I don't, I don't want to, you know... <laughs> But that's all of that really is beside the point. What I want you to think about this morning is, is it true? Is the news, the scripture that says he must rise from the dead, is that the answer to the empty tomb? If that is true, then everything changes. If it's not true, then we are all a bunch of fools. It goes one way or the other, and it's fine, it's cool, but what I want to put before you is this simple question. Is it true? Is it more likely that his body was stolen by a bunch of ragtag fishermen who overcame the Roman government that didn't want the body to be stolen or all the powerful Jewish authorities who didn't want the body? Is it more likely that that happened than that he really was raised from the dead? You, you have to just let that word come and work on your heart about that question. But then there's Mary. Mary. I love Mary, she peeks into the tomb, you know, um, and then she runs back, and then runs back again to the tomb and looks in again, and turns around, and there's Jesus. Now this is really interesting. Mary is looking right at Jesus, and she still doesn't recognize him. What made the difference for her? We've talked about what looking into the empty tomb, hearing the scriptures, but now Mary is still struggling to believe. She's like us. We, we, are, we are filled with doubts and questions and wondering, and it's hard to believe in the miraculous of the resurrection of the dead, and, and we struggle, and what does Mary get? How does she come to believe? What made the difference for her? What, what happened? Mary. Mary. Jesus called her name. And when she heard him say her name, her eyes of faith were opened. 
Her eyes of faith were open. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what I want to tell you with all my heart today is that I believe that not only does Jesus want to be recognized by you and all the world today, is that he knows each and every one of you, your questions, your doubts, your struggles. He knows every hair on your head. He loves you, and he has called your name. Today, right now, In the waters of baptism, he called your name. Every time you hear the word, he calls your name. When you come to this table and you put out your hand to receive the Lord's Supper, he calls your name. He calls you to himself. The cross is drawing you, beckoning you to himself. And when you hear your name, you start to see him, don't you? Like right now. I mean, I'm looking out at you guys. And I'm seeing the risen Christ. I can go forth from here today and say, I've seen the Lord because I've seen the amazing people of Silverdale Lutheran come and worship. You're looking at me right now and saying, there, I see the Lord. I've heard the choir sing three services now. And then I can really say, I've seen the Lord. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. The music, I can see the Lord. When I asked Randy and Karen that question, Randy said he sees Jesus in his caregivers. And then he reached over and grabbed Karen's hand. And then Karen said, you know where I see Jesus? I see Jesus in Randy because he keeps believing and he keeps having a positive attitude and he just blows me away. That's where I see Jesus. And you know where Jesus really shows up? He really shows up when you get to tell others that Jesus is risen. When you get to tell, when you get to put into words, I'm telling you, you got to try this. You got to somehow tell somebody, maybe today in just a couple seconds, you're going to have a chance to do it again. Um, Tell somebody that Jesus is risen, that God loves them, that nothing can separate them from God and Christ, that because of Jesus' resurrection, they have the full forgiveness of their sin. Everything that's past is gone. Life is a new creation going forward. And that death, death is lost its sting. We will all die, but yet in Christ, connected to Christ, we will live. And, and then Randy said this. He said, you know, the only problem, Pastor Bill, is that every day for me is kind of like Groundhog Day. It's kind of the same. You know, out of bed with the Hoyer into the wheelchair. Work through the day. I go to bed. It's the same over and over. And you know where I really got to see Jesus in that moment? Where I saw the risen Christ is when I was able to tell him, you know what, Randy? Because of Easter Sunday, one day, it isn't going to be Groundhog Day anymore. And this wheelchair isn't going to hold you. You're not going to need it. You're not going to need it. One day, you know, you'll be free. When you get to tell someone that Christ is risen and you get to tell the news, you really see Jesus. So let me tell, let me hear it. Let me hear you sing it and shout it loud now. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.
Together we confess our faith in the God that we see. Using the ancient words of those who asked, we see, now what does this mean? As they wrote the Nicene Creed, let us confess our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds, <coughs> who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray now for the whole people of God, for all people everywhere, according to their need. Risen Lord, help us to see you in our lives, in our friends and families, and in all of our relationships, in our struggles and in our joys. Help us to know that you are with us and that nothing can separate us from you. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Risen Christ, help us to see you in this church. Bless us as we seek to be a blessing to Kitsap County. Help us to see you in our schools and places of work, in those who work to make our communities safe, in our government, and in all those we live among in our day-to-day -day lives. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Risen Jesus, help us to see you in those who hurt, in the homeless and hungry, in the incarcerated, in those whose lives have been devastated by tornadoes, flooding, hurricanes, and fires, in victims of bombings in Sri Lanka, in those who others often ignore. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Gracious Lord, as we see you, help us to be your hands and your feet in this world. As we pray in your name, amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And also with you. Please share that peace with one another. Yes, Pastor.
you, whoops, excuse me, I invite you as you pass that piece and share this time of community to pass the friendship books along the way. If you're a guest of ours today, that's a great place to uh, note your presence with us, um, to help us to send you an email or a letter of thanks for being with us in worship today and, and make that connection. Uh, we have kind of a, an abridged beacon in, our, in your uh, worship folder today. Uh, and on one side of that talks about a few things that are that are coming up and going on kind of ongoing things And then on the back of that great ways to get involved and connected as we get further into spring and and certainly look forward to a beautiful summer uh, Together in faith and so take a look there take that home with you and, and take and look over it And there are all kinds of ways for you to be connected and and to serve and to be served All right with that then we continue our worship with our pledges and offerings
keeper of heaven and earth, day by day you shower us with blessings. As you have raised us to new life in Christ, give us glad and generous hearts, ready to praise you and to respond to those in need. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should in all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and the beloved disciple and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with all creation, earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels high and low, we praise your name and join their unending song. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord, remember us in your love as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. During our sharing of communion today, as we receive this gift, hold out your hand and receive the bread. Or if you prefer, just indicate to your server for a gluten-free wafer. Those are available. And then dip the bread or the wafer in the first cup, which is wine, the red liquid, or the second cup, which is uh, kind of clear. It's uh, grape juice for you. Christ is here, and here he comes, the risen Christ to us, to be born in us this day. I invite you to be seated and come forward as you're invited.
invite you to rise as you're able. Now may the body and blood of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have called our name and revealed yourself to us, bringing forgiveness and life. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim with Mary, we have seen the Lord, our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace, amen.
we're sent out with our sending, I want to invite you, if you don't, if you're not in a rush, to stay and enjoy the prelude. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Did I just break?